You probably noticed this is episode 101, out of sequence, because we're working on a very special 100th anniversary episode. Very special. In this episode, I speak with my friend Connor Boyack, creator of the Libertas Institute, which I just learned was pronounced Libertas. He's also the creator of the Total Twin series, a prolific author, speaker, and writer. I had fun, and I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you. Welcome to the Make With Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery, and I'm always excited when I have guests, and I'm really excited today. My friend, Connor Boyack, is with us. He's uh, decided to, he's a busy guy, very active, and uh, he's uh, decided, or he, you know, has agreed to uh, share some of his time with us. So, Connor, thank you very much for coming on. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And now I'm not going to do your background justice, right? But I'm going to give it a <laughs> shot. Okay. And everybody, you know, the listener has the opportunity to find out who you are and uh, all the great things that you've done and continue to do. I mean, we've met a couple of times throughout the years associated with the Nelson Nash Institute or, or Ron Paul or some kind of a libertarian free market um, venues. Um, but I do know this, that you started the Libertas Institute in 2011, um, I think you either are or have been very active in politics in Utah, and uh, you do a, a tremendous amount of work uh, for the the liberty and for free markets and just the idea of private property and natural rights. And um, but I got to say this: the Tuttle Twins that are available on our website, your website, are outstanding. So thank you. You're welcome. That's the best background I can give you, sir. And I know you're. Uh, <laughs> I like it. You can add. No, this that. is good. It's 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 a passion project. Uh, certainly, what we're doing with the Tuttle Twins and the the origin story for me is kind of fun because here I am working in in politics, changing laws, doing all this stuff, and my kids. You know, I would come home every day and I'd be like, Hey, what do you guys do today? And always trying to learn from them, you know, what, what their day was like. And my oldest at the time he was five and every once in a while he would reciprocate the question. Well, what did you do daddy? And I was like, how do I talk about what I do to a five-year-old? You know, like I type on computers, like you can dumb it down a lot, but I found myself wanting to share with my kids the values I hold, the things I believe in, what I work on, uh, what pays the bills. And um, and so a buddy of mine uh, had the same feeling, um, same circumstance. And uh, and so we were talking about this. I went on Amazon even trying to find books that would like teach free markets and so forth to kids. There was nothing. So he and I teamed up. He's the illustrator and I'm the author. And, um, and we just said, heck, let's do a fun little book just to like test it out, see if anyone is interested. And a lot of people were interested. So to us, that was kind of a market signal that there's some demand here, some un unserved, uh, you know, markets that we can kind of lean into and provide some value to And So we haven't looked back since it's, it's been tons of fun. That's awesome. I mean, what was the first, uh, book in the series? Well, so at the time it, the vision was not a series. The vision was, you know, let's do this book. And we thought if we never do anything else, what's the one book that we want to do. And for both Elijah and I, it was the law by Frederick Bastiat, because for both of us, that essay was kind of very instrumental in our own, you know, red pill moment. You might 
call it. And, uh, and so we did the Tuttle Twins learn about the law. And that was the first. But again, once so many people were interested in that, we're like, okay, like, what's the next? And then the next, and then the next. <laughs> but we started it with the law because for us, that was both a big, uh, a big educational, eye opening uh, thing that we wanted to be able to pass to the next generation, too. I got it. the law, 18th century Frederick Bastiat philosopher. Um, and then the next one. So the second one after that was based off of I pencil by Leonard Reed. So ours is called the Tuttle twins and the miraculous pencil all about how social harmony happens through the market. People with different races, religions, creeds, ethnicities, all working together without even realizing that they're all working together in pursuit of these, these goals that people have. It's how we get spontaneous order. That's how the market works. And uh, so that became our second book, which is really a fun story for kids. I'll give you an example. When we wrote the book, I, uh, I was sitting at the dinner table uh, and my wife brought the dinner she had prepared for our family and we're sitting down talking and I turned to the kids and I said, Hey kids, mom didn't make this dinner. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I got to explain how, you know, my wife in preparing the final steps of the meal was one part of this massive chain of people who were serving our family without even knowing our family. And that's the beauty of the market. And so the kids really loved to learn about, you know, the truck driver and the grocer and the banker and the guys who build the roads and like all those steps that are needed just to get us that meal. So it's a very fun story for kids. Yeah, I love that. I love it. You know, Leonard E. Reed wrote that, and that was uh, Leonard E. Reed was a mentor of Ron Paul. He was also a mentor of Nelson Nash, and we've mm -hmm. handed out the uh, I pencil, the essay for a long time, as well as the law. Um, and then the the other, there's a lot of other essays that that uh, Frederick Bastiat did that which is seen, oh, yeah. and unseen, and yeah. Um, and at the time that I discovered the Tuttle Twins, I think it was with the very first book. You know, I bought a case and I shared them with at every opportunity that I had, right? Just giving them away to other people in the financial world in hopes of uh, a parent maybe reading some of these, you know, right. and, and uh, perusing them, you know, uh, kind of uh, just uh, making sure that they know what they're putting in front of their children. Right. And, and oh my gosh, I loved it. And so now there's how many series or how many books in the series? So we started with these kids books uh, and now we have 12, but since then we've branched out. So now we have books for toddlers, uh, little board books, uh, the ABCs of economics, for example. And then we also have books for teenagers. We actually have two series uh, of books for teenagers. One is, I don't know if you recall uh, that the the series, the format of books was very popular in the 80, 90, 80s and 90s called the Choose Your Own Adventure books, where you got to like pick what would happen, you know, to go in the cave, turn to page 83, to run away, turn to page you know, 150. And so the stories have all these little branches. So we have a series for teens. Uh, ours is called Choose Your Consequence because in these novels, you see the political and economic consequences of the decision that the reader makes. Do you want to, you know, trade with this person or not? Or do you want to, you know, run over here? Or do you want to, you know, make these decisions? And then you got, get to see kind of the consequences that follow. So that's a fun way for teens to have a bit more depth with these stories and these novels. And then the other series is a nonfiction series of guidebooks. 
uh, for teens. So we have the Tuttle Twins Guide to Logical Fallacies. Uh, so every chapter is a different logical fallacy that, so they can learn critical thinking and so forth. We have the Tuttle Twins Guide to Inspiring Entrepreneurs so they can learn some of the stories of these you know, people who've done some pretty amazing things and how we might be inspired by them. Uh, and then finally, we have the Tuttle Twins Guide to Courageous Heroes. Similarly, every story is a, every chapter is a story of a different person. These are people who stood up for truth, you know, against power and corruption and did some very brave things throughout history. So again, we can hopefully be inspired by their bravery and courage. Um, and so now we have all these little sub series within the Tuttle Twins brand, and we're going to continue producing books for all these different ages uh, moving forward. I love that. So there must be a lot in the works. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got, we got a lot of books. See, I, I can zoom in so you can see all these bags under my eyes. If I get really close, um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, increasingly try to dedicate, you know, every spare second of my time to this project because, uh, it is so deeply meaningful for me to, I mean, I, I tell my wife sometimes I feel like I'm on drugs. Cause like, you know, you know, like you get the dopamine drip kids with their cell phones or video games or whatever. And you get kind of that dopamine fix in the reward center of your brain. And for me, it's, social media messages and getting tagged and emails every day from parents who are like grateful and like, where have you been all my life and sharing stories with their kids. And so that's my drug. <laughs> like I'm addicted. You know, I, I get these messages all the time, seeing the impact it's having. It makes me want to just get another fix and keep doing more. So anyways, to, to your question, yes, we got a lot of new uh, books and projects in the works. I love that. I love that. So that's just that's almost like you know speaking to the the uh, relation to the drug. I mean that's like an immediate you know gratification, and there's yeah. such a long term gratification uh, that you probably won't even get to experience. You know the results that that work will have. You know beyond yep. you and your lifetime. I think it's worthy, and I'm excited. I'm, I got to tell you, you know I'm not aware of all of the the uh, teenager books and series that you have but um i have an opportunity and i can get caught up so what what is what does the future look like you know tell me you know share with me everything that you would share or can share comfortably you know with what what that work looks like i mean is there is there going to come an end you know you're you're putting out a book <laughs> a quarter you don't have enough people in history to to write about there's not enough time yeah. to do all the research you know or yeah, no, it's uh, there's no shortage of things that we can talk about. That I have a very long list of ideas and um, and things we can talk about. So I, I feel very confident that we can continue this for a while. What's funny is when I had done like the fourth book, the fifth book, me and Elijah would talk like, you know, where's this going? Basically, like, what is this thing we're doing? And uh, my take for a while was like, yeah, we'll do like eight to ten books. And then we'll create this little like box set, you know, and that's what people can get. And that'll be the Tuttle Twins series. So we get to the eighth book and I send a survey to all of our readers. I say, hey guys, we've had this feeling for a while or this thought that we would do eight to 10 books. We just did number eight. What do you think? Should we keep going? Should we wrap it up? And it was like 89, 88% of people were like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, keep doing more. And, uh, and this was before we had any of the toddler and teen and, and other things that we're doing. So, um, 
so yeah, like I, my vision is I want to build like a content empire. Um, I, I want to have, uh, I, I want to have educational material that teaches the rising generation, the ideas of freedom at whatever age they are and in whatever manner they like to learn. For some kids, that's books. For some kids, it's playing a game. Uh, you know, maybe it's something more tactile, like an activity. Maybe it's a magazine they want to read, a podcast they want to listen to, a cartoon show they want to watch. Uh, we basically want to be in every medium possible for kids of all ages so that we can expose the rising generation to these time-tested ideas of a free society. And so that's a very ambitious goal, especially when you consider that this isn't an American thing, right? Like these aren't American ideas. Uh, example of our first book, Frederick Bastiat, right? From France uh, was espousing these, these ideas of freedom. So, um, you know, we translate our books, I think now into like 13 or 14 languages. And wow. Uh, wow, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. We've got all kinds of languages. We've got tens of thousands of books uh, in, uh, in Germany already in Brazil. Um, We've got thousands in uh, Italy and Canada and uh, Korea and where else? We've got uh, we're we're now doing Estonia and Romania. Like just uh, what's been really interesting in the past few months is I've had a lot of uh, interest from these kind of old Soviet bloc nations, former communist. Uh, countries and, and a lot of people there who have now word has spread or whatever we've got a lot of interest in doing translated versions there and that's honestly a very fun part of the work for me is doing these translations because seeing the global impact of what we're doing see how how these ideas can benefit people in you know third world countries and repressive regimes you know all over one of the funnest things for me was getting our first book translated into korean uh, i've been trying to figure out a way there's I don't know that they're done anymore, but there were these people who were kind of rebellious and they would take hot air, not hot air balloons, but they would take these like weather balloons, fill them with educational material, go up to kind of the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea, launch them. And it had some kind of like material in there that would burn and then it would burn the balloon down. So it would then deflate land somewhere with the hope that someone would find it and be able to be exposed to these uh, types of uh, ideas. And I'm like, Oh man, it'd be amazing <laughs> to get these books into North Korea, you know? Um, so it's a big vision and, and, uh, a big audacious, hairy goal that, uh, that we have, but it's deeply motivating and especially seeing the state of the world that we're in um, and the chaos, especially in the past year. Um, even just focusing on education and schools, a lot of parents are very nervous and confused and frustrated. And so, it's, it's one of those things for us that like when preparation meets opportunity and uh, we've been at this for a while, we were just doing books, not knowing what we were doing, but now there's a lot of focus. Now there's a campaign. Now there's strategy. There's, there's a strong focus in what we're doing and alignment behind the projects that we're working on, because now we have an identifiable goal. We know these resources that we have. We know the impact they can have, the benefit that they are to people who read them. And so now it's a much more focused kind of marketing effort and philanthropic endeavor to go reach uh, far more people. I love that. So what I heard uh, was an awful lot. And thank you for sharing. <laughs> I like the idea of a content empire. And uh, of course, the idea of uh, these pre-Eastern Bloc countries uh, discovering freedom anew. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure some of those countries are freer than we are, my opinion, currently. 
Um, but then there are, are, is there a game in the works? Did I hear there's a game being developed? So we have a game. Yeah, we have a game on the, on the website on totaltwins.com slash products at the bottom. You can see we have a storytelling card game. So the way this works is that for kids and families who have read the books, they know the characters, the ideas. Now you have this card game where you can create your own stories. And so you'll pick a char random character and an idea and a, a location and, you know, actions. And so there's fun little actions that kind of change up the game and are silly and fun. And so you go around a circle with the family and, and you do a sentence at a time and you kind of build your own story as you go. And there's again, different actions where you can go down the other way or skip a person or do it in a funny language or silly stuff to keep the kids engaged. But the idea is by, by, uh, engaging in the creative process where they're not just passively reading these stories, but they can create their own stories. It's going to engage a different part of their brain so they can understand and think about these ideas a bit more because now they have to weave them into their own story. So that's been a big hit and a lot of fun. It sounds like that. And then um, 13 to 14 languages in all of these countries, does this um, whole idea and project turned into much bigger i mean i know it's bigger than what you originally set out but you know how shocked how shocked are you connor i mean how surprised are you at the response when i when i did our first book i went to our board meeting because uh, libertas is a nonprofit, and i uh, i gave a copy of this book to each of our members of the board. And afterwards I'm in the parking lot with the chairman of our board and he's looking through the book. He's like, this is really cool. He's like, maybe someday we can like, you know, support Libertas and turn this into a big, you know, opportunity to, to, to grow it. You know, he had like this, he started to think through this visionary stuff. I had no vision to me. It was just like, Oh, here's a fun book. And you know, whatever, we'll sell a few hundred books or whatever. Um, I have been blown away. And I think the biggest part is, you know, never anticipating what 2020 would become, especially and um, seeing so many parents be kind of shaken awake at like, you need to make a different decision. You need to be more intentional about your kids' education. You need to understand the schools are not, not only, not only are they not teaching your kids the good stuff, they're often actively teaching some of the bad stuff that, that is counter to your values and what you think is true and right in the world. So, um, no, I, I'm consistently blown away and feel so deeply grateful to have stumbled into this. This was no strategy at the beginning that we've now successfully executed. It's just like we've tripped and fell into this opportunity. And uh, Elijah and I have just an absolute blast. And again, that daily drug fix of gratitude and impact, uh, it's been a very remarkable thing for me to be a part of. That's that's awesome. Well, the um, the idea that you're going around the world because they're really not they're not these ideas are not unique to america at all um and the idea that you're going around the world with all of the different languages i mean i i was completely unaware of that that's very impressive so i mean did you have to staff up because uh of the demand you know did you have to go out and get writers and and more graphic <laughs> illustrators and researchers yeah yeah we've uh, we've had to definitely add uh, to our team um you know, one thing that a lot of people don't know is like, we do all our own fulfillment. We, we sell, I want to say about 4,000 books a day uh, on average right now. And, uh, and we do it all ourselves. So we have a whole warehouse uh, where we employ a whole bunch of people whose sole job it is, is to box up Tuttle Twins books to send out to people who order them. And, 
it's, you know, yeah, we've, you know, got editors and marketers and, you know, have to bring on a lot of people to support what um, Elijah and I have been trying to do. And so some of that is kind of the constraint of, you know, how much bandwidth we have and um, not trying to run, you know, faster than we have strength, but, um, but we've, we've got a team now built around us. That's uh, very competent and supportive and, uh, you know, right now, in fact, we're kind of in the middle of the strategic planning for the next few years, trying to figure out like, you know, we, we know content wise, some of the new stuff we want to work on, but like the strategy and the projects around it and the marketing and so forth, we're right now in the process of figuring out where we want to take this because of all the opportunities that we have. Do you have, do you have pretty good engagement or participation from like private or homeschool groups, um, you know, in co-ops? Yeah. Yeah. Our audience, interestingly, is split down the middle. Uh, every time we survey it, it's about 50% homeschoolers, 50% public, private, charter school. And uh, and what's interesting is the homeschoolers perceive the Teletwins as kind of a curriculum. They'll use the activity workbooks or... Um, you know, the parents will use the parent guides as kind of like an additional, you know, teaching guide. So we haven't created this as curriculum per se, but homeschoolers widely will just use it that way and count it as curriculum. Whereas for all the kids in school, what we've seen is the parents are largely using our books as a way to uh, supplement what the, their kids, what they know their kids aren't getting in school, right? So they know their kids aren't being taught about entrepreneurship or sound money or property rights or whatever. And, and to the extent that they are, they're probably not being taught the right ideas. (laughs) And so, uh, those parents are like, Hey, look, you know, I can't homeschool for whatever reason, or we've chosen not to. So I'm sending my kid to this school, but I want to make sure that they're well-rounded and, you know, not a woke little progressive, you know, uh, democratic socialist. So, you know, we read the title trends books together at home so they can learn about these ideas. So it's kind of this half and half uh, community that we have. You know, I've taken the series um, to private schools and mixed mixed reaction is what I get, you know. And, yeah. you know, you get the commentary of, oh, these are kind of, uh, you know, there's kind of a, an agenda here. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. The agenda is truth. And then if they question any of the works and I question them, I mean, do you know who Frederick Bastiat is? You know, do you know who... You know, uh, Leonard Reed is or what work they've done. You know, do you know who Hayek is? Do you, you know, they don't. Do you know who Mises is? And of course they right. don't. Right. Right. Um, but it's interesting. Just just, uh, you know, like get it into the school library. Right. So a child has access to it. Um, yep. Yep. So do you, and do you get a lot of participation, too? I mean, I was made aware of the uh, I think the uh, crowdfunding of uh, the cartoon by a client of mine. And um, and I thought, wow, I should know that. But um, I didn't. And he participated in it. And so since I have since and others have as well. Can you share with us how people that wish to can help or participate? Um, you know, what, what yeah. does that look like? Yeah, thank you. The The cartoon you mentioned is a, a project we're in the middle of. In fact, we launched, I believe, in October. Um, so we're on the cusp of having the first episode ready to release. Um, a cartoon is something I've wanted to do for two, three years. And it's for the reason I mentioned earlier. 
some kids prefer to learn, you know, visually uh, than, you know, to read a book or whatnot. And we want to have different kinds of content. So I had tried for a while with my team, just like, hey, let's find a way to finance this. Let's find a way to accomplish it and do animation and so forth. And uh, could never really get it to work. Um, couldn't find the money, couldn't find the right process, the right team. So um, then we paired up with a company that's local to us, very like-minded. Their kids all read the Teletoons books. And they're like, hey, we want to we wanna do this cartoon. Can we talk about it? So we negotiated, we figured it all out, brought them on board. And so they're now helping produce the Tuttle Twins cartoon. If, if you or any of your listeners are familiar with like old Marvel comic books, you know, and now of course there's the Marvel movies, there's, they're in a shared universe, of course, but there's a lot of differences, different backstory, different uniform, you know, whatever. There's some changes that the Marvel movies have made to the comics. That's going to be what it is for the cartoon. Uh, still the Tuttle Twins, still the same ideas, but some of the uh, nuances will be a little bit different just because of the different format we're in and some of the different direction we wanted to take. Uh, but this is a, a big project. We raised, uh, I think, almost uh, $5 million from a bunch of investors, including yourselves. So thank you. And uh, so this is kind of a for-profit spinoff venture to create this cartoon. We had, uh, I, I want to say, a total of nine, eight, eight to 9,000 people supporting the, the cartoon. Um, and, uh, and which is super exciting for me, it was a great vote of confidence of people being like, the world needs this, <laughs> you know, like let's produce this thing. We, we have a bunch of, you know, blues clues doing transgender, whatever. And we've got, you know, Peppa the pig, you know, do it. It's a, like, everyone's kind of going woke and crazy. You know, we need something wholesome and true that uh, parents will love watching with their kids and feel good about. So um, so that's kind of in the works. It's on the cusp of launching and the goal and the vision with that cartoon is to reach a hundred million kids and, uh, and to be able to turn it into a multi-season cartoon. We're starting with 12 episodes. That's what we got funding for, uh, from the investments. And then the goal is that we can monetize it in, uh, enough of a way that we can turn this into a sustaining operation and uh, continue to produce additional episodes teaching important ideas to kids all over the world. A hundred million. That's uh, we're talking about government numbers right there. So <laughs> how and James, I, I apologize. I realized I didn't even answer your question with that rambling. You were asking how people can kind of support and, and we're done raising the investment for the cartoon. Um, and everything we do with the books is, um, is philanthropic. So Libertas is a nonprofit. Uh, so what we do is we raise money to help do more marketing of the books or to place copies in schools. And so we actively fundraise all the time for Libertas Institute for our Tuttle Twins projects so that we can have a bigger reach. Beyond that, if people aren't interested or able to, to do a donation to Libertas, what we just say is like, get the books and share with others. The best thing we can have is word of mouth um, to raise awareness of the books, like yourself buying extra copies, sharing them with, with clients or friends or neighbors. Um, that's what helps us accomplish our mission of reaching more people is by having people out there who are, you know, kind of evangelizing these books, talking with their audience about it. Uh, perfect. And I, I'm going to have to go back and edit the intro because I'm saying Libertas. I've called it Libertas for years. You know, uh, everyone says that. Uh, no, no editing needed. <laughs> okay. I and well, here's why. Right. Here, here's why. When I started the organization, I uh, I, I went to this linguist. And I said, how is this pronounced? Because it's Latin. I was like, I don't know Latin. 
and it's Libertas is the Roman goddess of liberty. So our Statue of Liberty, her name is Libertas. But he said, look, there's two schools of thought. One is kind of this Germ Germanic, English, Americanized Libertas. And the other is like this, you think of the Italians, like Libertas, right? Like the, the kind of romantic, you know, Hispanic emphasis is differently. I gravitated towards Libertas, but everyone says Libertas and we just roll with it. So we're very libertarian. Live and let live. You, pr you pronounce it how you want. No editing needed. Perfect. I'm Scott Gyres. Libertas sounds, you know, more comfortable to me, but it's your organization and I'm not a li <laughs> uh, linguist. Um, but look, a hundred million—that's that's bold. That's that's audacious. I might even say that's that's visionary. How are you going to reach a hundred million children? So the reason why I gravitated towards um, signing up with this team that's that we brought on to do the cartoon is these guys are marketing geniuses. Uh, they are the Harmon Brothers, an award-winning marketing studio. They're behind you know Squatty Potty and Poopery, the Pooping Unicorn, and like all these ads that go viral. Uh, these guys are masters at their craft. Uh, I have confidence in them, not only because they're like-minded, but they're very good at getting eyeballs on what they do. And, uh, and, you know, we're, we're, um, confident in our material. We're confident, uh, that what we're producing is high quality and it's going to spread. And I don't know how, how long it's going to take us to get that hundred million. Uh, but the nice thing is, our audience is always growing. People keep having babies. <laughs> There's always going to be kids out there that, that we're going to be able to reach with this stuff. But, you well, know, kid, we'd love to do that in a quick timeline, too. I, love, I mean, isn't that uh, you're not supposed to know, you know, the free markets, capitalism, you're not supposed to know, you know, the it's just like I pencil the guy, you know, creating rubber in South America for the tires and the eraser. I mean, they had no idea that what it took to, you know, cut yep. down a redwood tree to get to the number two pencil. You don't have to know. And. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing about capitalism, in my opinion. Um, but I'm just saying 100 million is that's legitimate. Right. And I think and look, we have a lot of financial advisors, uh, very smart people listen to our little podcast. And I would encourage every one of you, if you don't have the series, go get it. And then while you get it, go ahead and think of others. Um, and, and if you're in the, you know, in the financial realm of any sort, all of your clients should be exposed to this. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, Connor's here. I've taken, I have shipped, I've spoken different places in the financial world. And if there are other financial advisors there, I'll ship a case of books and give them away, right? They, they don't know. They potentially don't know that they're available. And when they read them, um, it either makes sense or it doesn't. And so my point being that you should get the series you should read them and then you should share them and a hundred million that's how it happens you know at the end of the day that's how big things happen is by yep. small individual actions um so you know thank you just encouraging that thank you i mean you can't disagree with me sir because you're a capitalist that's how it works <laughs> right? um and I want to be respectful of your time i know you're a young busy man and and uh and doing worthy you know, projects, what share with us something that, you know, that, uh, that you want to share that, you know, you want people to know. Yeah. Oh man. Wh which one do I pick? Um, here's what I would say. Um, 
so I, I speak at a lot of conferences and a lot of different groups, increasingly of late, a lot of parents groups, a lot of parents have like organized and going to school board meetings and, you know, trying to fight critical race theory or whatever the latest thing is. And so I've been reflecting a lot in the past few months as I've been traveling and speaking about what the kind of common thread is that I've, I've seen. And I think there's several answers, but one that comes to mind for me is there is, um, a lot of uncertainty about how to be effective. A lot of these uh, parents are joining whatever Facebook group they can or latching on to whatever leader that's kind of standing up, help organize people because there's this strong sense of people not knowing that there's this ignorance. We see it on the Tuttle Twin side. We see parents who um, never would have picked up economics in one lesson or, you know, they're not familiar with Atlas Shrugged or if, you know, the free market is being attacked by someone on this Facebook thread, this parent would not engage and defend that idea or push back because they feel ignorant. They, they feel uncertain about their own knowledge. All the time, parents are like, I learned more in these Tuttleton's books than I ever did in my, you know, high school econ class or whatever. And so there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of lack of confidence. And to the extent that we can narrow that gap and help inform uh, people and then motivate and mobilize them. I think that there's a lot of interest for people to stand up. I think people are seeing the need to stand up and speak out. They're seeing the world lose its mind. They're seeing the woke mob go crazy and be very dominant in social media and all this kind of stuff. And I think a lot more people in my sense want to speak out. They want to defend the ideas and the principles that they consider to be true and, and moral. They just feel inadequate. And they're grateful for someone who kind of holds their hand and shows them the way, uh, what, what we've seen success with, with the Tuttle Twins book, with this particular crowd I'm, I'm speaking about is again, if you said, Hey mom, Hey dad, here's, you know, the road to serfdom <laughs> by, uh, by Hayek, give it a read. Chances are probably like 5% at best that they're going to read this like decades old, you know, <laughs> thicker, uh, book with really multi, big multi-syllable words that, you know, like the chances are low. But if you say, Hey mom, Hey dad, we want to give you a book that you can use to teach your kid some important values about how the world works. They're going to love that because they, as a parent, want their children to be well-rounded and, and their, their barrier is going to be down. Um, they're going to read it along with their kids for that learning opportunity and shared bonding moment as most parents often do. And the parent, we've seen it again and again, is going to get exposed to those ideas and be like, oh, that's how that works, or that's what that means, or I've always wondered about that. So I'm not saying Tuttle Twins is the answer. It is, in our view, an answer. But we need so many more efforts by people. I mean, you're doing it with your clients. We're all trying to like educate people. Uh, we're trying to empower uh, individuals to, to have more confidence in their decisions, to have more... Um, assurance about the position that they're in in life. And so I just feel like we're at this crucial moment where we've, we've really got to rally and help a lot of these adults, these parents um, have the intellectual knowledge or ammunition that they need to not only look out for themselves, but then go out and defend these ideas to a world gone mad. Right. There's no greater time. You talk about the world gone mad. You know, if some, if you don't stand up, who will? Right. If we don't, right. you know, do something, who will? And, and I got to too. I got to say that, you know, speaking of uh, social media and getting attacked, uh, you know, y'all, 
I think that you set a really good example. And I didn't see your whole response to, you know, some hit pieces that were written about the Tuttle Twins, but but y'all made hay with that. I think you and Elijah made hay with that. And uh, if you know what I'm referring to, the uh, newspaper that. Oh yeah, Current of, Affairs magazine. Yeah, there, Current Affairs. That's who it was. Yeah. Share with us a little yeah, bit dude. on that, would you? Because yeah, yeah, you're, you're this, somebody this, now if you got a, your own hater page, right? <laughs> this, uh, oh, we loved it. The This is a socialist magazine written by socialists for socialists. And they dedicated a, a multi-page, I think eight-page magazine article um, to the Tuttle Twins attacking us, saying that we're shilling for Jeff Bezos and trying to, you know perpetuate the the monopolistic practices of capitalism to keep the working class suppressed and all this kind of stuff. They had cartoons that they did, uh, satirical cartoons of our Tuttle twins intentionally making them look ridiculous and so forth. And so um, I think most people in that circumstance read, like I got a Google alert. That's how I found out about it. I got this little Google alert, like, Hey, someone, you know, Tuttle twins, like, get one of these a day where it has kind of the summary of what what's been written about it or people talking about. So I'm reading this article. I'm like, Oh, this isn't what I expected. I'm used to praise. I'm used to everyone <laughs> loving this. And here's like, here's this criticism. So I'm reading this and I realize I've got this big smile on my face as I'm reading this hit piece. And it's because I knew the marketing opportunity that this would give me. We created a coupon code called current affairs the name of the magazine we sent the link to the magazine to our whole email list at the time it was like a quarter million people we did it across social media which is another quarter million or so or a lot of overlap but quarter million on social media and we said hey guys check out this magazine article go read it go see what they're saying about the title twins you know and then use this coupon code current affairs to get you know this discount and we sold i think 10,000 books in like 24 hours <laughs> and and so then we did a follow up and we start tagging current affairs hey guys thanks for the the magazine article you helped us sell so many books and read <laughs> and so then they reciprocated and they created a Tuttle twins coupon for people to buy their socialist magazine to try and like replicate what we were doing. And it totally bombed. It's like, no, you know, cause we were the ones being attacked by them and suddenly they're trying to like use it for their own purposes. Plus socialists can't really be capitalist very well. So of course they don't <laughs> of course sell they don't many know. copies. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we had a lot of fun with it. Even, even our critics help us uh, with our marketing. So it was a lot of fun. I love that. I love that. You know, the best they could do is follow a good capitalist and then to pick Jeff Bezos as a, as an icon right. of capitalism. I mean, right. Whatever. Whatever. <clears throat> All right. What else, young man? Anything? Let's, I, I mean, like I said earlier, I want to be respectful of your time and, you know, I'm good. No, I, I think I've, uh, yeah, I've gotten everything else uh, that I wanted to just say uh com is where we have all the book stuff. But then if you're interested in the cartoon, you can go check out TuttleTwins.tv and be signed up for when we release the first episode. Of course, investors like you will get that heads up, but a lot of other people are very eager to see what we're working on. And so uh, we're just working hard, trying to create more content and, and uh, you know, serve a lot of the families out there who are trying to teach their kids. So we're, we're hard at work. Good job. Keep it up. I appreciate you uh, for sharing with us. And I uh, hope the rest of your days is, uh, is good and easy for you, sir. Thank you, James. Appreciate being able to chat with you. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. 
Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.